2: Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friends, Cody Frankel and Avery Zaretsky. And we also have another special co-host guest, recurring guest, whatever you want to call him, joining the show today. Uh, he referred to this as a you know a week-to-week PTO, and we're uh, we're pumped to have Michael Delzato back on the show. Hopefully, DZ will be joining us on an every week basis. We're tr- still trying to figure it out. Um, you know, seeing if he's a first-liner, fourth-liner, uh, wherever <laughs> he fits in this lineup. So, uh, DZ, welcome back to the show, fresh off your Chicklets uh, appearance, which was, uh, you know, a good watch. I didn't finish it yet, but only heard good things about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me back. Hopefully, we can turn this PTO into a, a one-year deal. Uh, hopefully, a little bit above <laughs> league minimum would be nice, too. You know, I got to put food on <laughs> <up> the table. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the Chicklets one, you know, is good. Uh, I think is probably maybe a little bit more PG than most people would have wanted. I know there's a lot of Mm -hmm. uh, questions about more of the off ice stuff, but, um, you know, as we've talked about before, you know, providing a little bit of insight as to the behind the scenes stuff that goes on, you know, in different uh, organizations, different teams, cities, uh, the pressures of playing in bigger markets, uh, some of the the lower quality of food and and how you're treated in different markets, uh, you know, trying to, you know, get some of that stuff out there for uh, for the fans who uh, may not know about it.
1: Where does the yeah, Blue I guess- Crew
0: PTO rank on your PTO list? Actually, coming out of COVID, and we weren't veteran veteran players because we had lost so much money the year before. I think we lost. Around 1.1 billion. So, because of uh, the rev share and uh, the 50 50 split between players and owners, you know, we had to make up that 550 million. It's you know, pretty good math there. I'll put myself on the back for that one, but um, <laughs> we had to make that up. And I believe it was the next year, you know, 20% of our contract went to the owners and we didn't see a cent of that back. So, you think for some guys that are making a million bucks in, you know, a lot of these places where it's 50% or plus tax, 50% tax, 20% escrow, you just still got to you know a car you got to find an apartment or a house to live um you know that that salary diminishes pretty quickly i don't think some people realize that so it's not a million bucks that it's going directly into your pocket um, but back to the pto you know i didn't have anything and i remember calling up torts i said torts just you know bring me on a, on a pto had yeah, Torts there rick nash was the assistant gm in columbus and so Basil, who I grew up playing with his son phil um and knew for a very long time having the contest I says bring me on a pto there's no risk uh for anyone you go if you guys don't like me send me home um if you like me maybe we can talk about a contract so i got there uh played very well through our you know short training camp and uh earned myself a, a contract and then from there uh had a really good year it was nice to be reunited with torts and then the following summer i ended up having uh five multi-year deals dz you trying
1: to tell me you're not at a country club right now
0: i'm not i'm not unfortunately I wish. All right, all right. I was so- not, not living the lifestyle like you guys. Yeah. I'm hoping we can wrap this up quickly and I can get to the beach though. You guys are killing me. I was in the, so I was we- in New York for two weeks. I'm starting to lose my tan.
1: <laughs> Freezing your ass off over here. Yeah. I was trying to stay warm. We got DZ. We got me, we got Avery. We got baby Jesus over there. Johnny, how you hey. doing with that light on your face?
2: Yeah, I got this new camera. I don't know if you guys can tell, but uh, I got like three ring lights <laughs> on. Do I look pale? I tried to make it a little tanner
0: over here, but you just uh, I, I thought like- that was just your your double filter. I wasn't sure what that was. I, that's
2: a <laughs> yeah,
1: I, 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 <laughs> I
2: honestly got a lot of shit uh, for like the last clip I posted. One of my best friends was like, dude, how much fucking shit is on your camera right now? <laughs> <laughs> it was, like your AI. And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know how to work this thing, but... You know, trying to find some better quality, but I apologize if I'm difficult to look at right now.
1: No, you're you're okay. you're we, still okay. You got a it for your OnlyFans career coming up in 2024. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. Outside of Johnny's feet picks, boys, who caught that game uh, yesterday against Ottawa? Because didn't look too great.
2: No, I was I was uh, talking to DZ about it during the game too, and uh, you know, actually, actually, something I wanted to bring up on this show, like you know, the Rangers have now lost six games, right? Not that many. They played 24, but. It feels like all six of those those losses have been incredibly incredibly deflating. Like last night's game was, you know, when things got bad, they got bad so quick, right? Um, And I feel like that's been the case in most of those losses. But to make that into a positive too, you know, all the close games the Rangers have played in like till the end, they've pretty much come out on top. So I think that's a good sign. But, you know, we can talk about last night's game a little bit more. Like it just got so fucking bad so quickly, especially in that second period they come out and, you know, score a huge power play goal, but then surrender one right away to, to Ottawa mm-hmm. there. So,
0: yeah, I mean, they're, they're typically, you know, Levy Light is a very, very structured coach. So their their structure has been, you look at their neutral zone, you know, Levy light has been playing that for, I don't know how many years and, and it's tough to beat. Last night, it just felt like there was a tons of holes through the neutral zone. They allowed these odd man rushes. They were sloppy with the puck. Um, you know, they've, good teams find ways to win games even when you don't play well. And I think they've done that this year. But to your point, some of the losses have been deflating. And last night, that's not a team you should be losing against. And I understand there's um, some nights that you just don't have you know, being on the road and, and the travel, numerous games in a, in a short amount of nights. Um, but the best teams find ways ways to win. And they've lost a few games, but there's going to be a lull this season. And I, I think everyone with their start is expecting them every single night. And there's going to be a leg. Like, they're going to probably go through at some point a stretch of, of not great games where they're going to maybe lose a few, but you have to face that adversity, I think, throughout the season to set yourself up for playoffs. Because you look at Boston last year, they faced zero adversity throughout the season and they just kind of rolled through everyone. Then they get the playoffs, things get a little bit tough, and we all know how that went with the the first round loss.
2: I actually had a question on that too. When things are going really well here, at DZ, this year, like even in the locker room after the games, the guys have been, you know clearly having fun winning hockey games, but they're still very focused. And, you know, last year, I, you know, I'm not really around the Boston team a lot, but it seemed like they were very loosey-goosey, kind of, you know, a little a little cocky uh, with how well they were playing last year. And do you think just the way that last season ended, that chip on their shoulder against the Devils has played into the overall attitude and they don't want to get too high with how much they're winning?
0: I'd like to think so. Like, definitely want to enjoy the wins. You put so much work into it and you want to enjoy it. But, yeah, you want to keep yourself even because they games and you know it happens all the time there's a lot of stuff that's out of your control you know, through um, different stuff throughout the league other teams playing well their team struggling and you try not to let that you know get into your mindset or, or your your focus for each night uh, and i think they've done a good job of that but again, uh, it, it's a long season, and there's going to be some adversity, and they're going to they're going to go through a lull at some point here. You don't need to panic. You know, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, and and how you come out of that is going to you know reveal the team's true character, and hopefully, help them uh, for a big playoff push in the long run. He knows best too. He's he
1: he was in the locker rooms when these type of things happened. But I will say that the Rangers, it, it, it's always going to feel deflating when the Rangers lose. That's just the way it is. Being a Rangers yeah. fan watching the team like no matter how they lose they they could have won 20 games in a row and their first loss would have felt as deflating as the next one that does so we're, we're used uh, to it at this point and and i think for them it's like so important it it, it seemed the same way after that sabers loss it's like kind of about how they rebound and they need to get their grip a little bit now right because now you've had two blowouts essentially in the last four games is it three games i, I don't know I lose track these days, but, um, you know, I think, I think they just need to kind of regroup as a team, get back to, you know, really playing tight defense and not, not allowing those early leads. Cause if you've noticed the last few games, I mean, every single game they're letting the other team score first and, and kind of losing their grip a little bit going down one Oh two Oh three Oh, um, you know, so I think they just need to, to regroup a little bit. They did it against Ottawa. It went down two o. they did it against Nashville. I think they did it against Buffalo as well, maybe. Um,
2: yeah. Uh, so
1: I, I, I can't remember yeah. the Buffalo game, but I think they did. I mean, obviously. Yeah, they, they were down 2 so in the third. Yeah. Y- yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's it's three games now. They've done this, and, you know, I think they just really need to regroup as a team and get back to their focus. They're obviously a very good hockey team, pretty complete. I think they just really need to regroup and and you know build on that.
2: Yesterday we posted a clip Avery I and Jacob Forkang about not being concerned about Igor Shosturkin. What do you guys think of his performance last night? I think he got left out, you know, to dry a little bit, but uh, you know, a couple rebounds there and. Um,
0: I, I think. You know. Listen, he's he's one of the best goaltenders in the league. No one's going to argue that. For me, I watch the body language, and they see the frustration. I forget was it was it the Buffalo game um, or a few games ago? He came off, slammed his stick, yeah, broke it. You know that that gave me shades, of Hank. You know, and and I mm-hmm. know he dealt with Hank at the end of his career and saw that. And listen, no one wants to lose. Everyone's going to be frustrated when you do lose. But I think showing that frustration isn't uh, a positive feeling for guys, on the team. Kind of, you know, it makes you feel like uh, you are selling them out a little bit um you know shit's gonna happen guys aren't gonna play well some nights uh there's that's just the nature of the game you can't play a perfect 82 game season but the body language for me um the last couple games that at least i've watched uh don't really doesn't really sit too well with me and i know it wouldn't for for some of the players so uh i'd imagine he's gonna bounce back and he's gonna do his thing and steal games but uh again as i mentioned before when you go through these lulls and some of these losses uh, and some adversity it really reveals uh, your teammates' true character.
2: Well, to that, DZ, when your goalie shows frustration, like you just mentioned, and Hank did it a lot. You know, we talked about the the Hank stare last time you were on here. <laughs> Does anyone have the balls in the room to give it to the goalie vocally? Because I feel like those aren't guys you typically want to, you know, hey, you got to fucking step it up and make a save for us, you know? Because like, how many times have we seen Chasturkin bail this team out where? It doesn't seem fair to do that to him, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's what I. It makes it tough. I think they are a more complete team, as you guys mentioned. You don't really want to call them out, but if you know that type of behavior and the the body language continues, I think you need to because there still are, still are some young guys in the team, and you want everyone to pull on the same rope and in the same direction. Um, but again, I, I don't see it being an issue. That's just something I've kind of noticed the last couple of games.
2: Yeah, and Avery and Cody, you know, last night watching the game. Did, we can talk to DZ after about the physical aspect, but did you guys mm-hmm. feel that they looked like they'd played three games in four nights? Because I'm sure that takes a toll on the body as well, but I, I didn't think it was noticeable physically, but maybe mentally it could have been a factor in the game.
1: Yeah. And I, I also think what what's pretty evident in these past couple games is like, they've been traveling everywhere. I mean, they've yeah. been traveling all over the place. I'm sure that's taxing on them too. They're not really having, you know, more than that one night of rest and you know, they've been going from Nashville to Ottawa to, you know, back Buffalo, home. like yeah, back home. I mean it's it's all over the place. So that can't be easy either. Um, but at the same time, I feel like they can't be getting blown out by mediocre teams. Like you just you just can't. So Ottawa's feel-
2: much better than their record though. Like Ottawa's a fucking good team.
1: Yeah. I mean they have guys, don't get me wrong. You know they great coaching you know, they have- too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Sharks game too, like they were they were playing so well against the Sharks and then kind of let up that lead towards the end and, mm-hmm. you know, finishing a nail biter six to five against the worst team in hockey. Like, I just think, I think they're too good of a team for this. And, and again, you know, good teams find ways to beat bad teams. The score doesn't really matter. The two points are what matter. Um, but but I think they they do need to play a little bit more competitive and, and find their edge back.
0: Yeah, I agree that listen the travel the travel is not easy. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: you play in the Western Conference, you got divisional games that are three plus hour flight, <laughs> right? So it, it, yeah. in Metro, it's the best it's the best travel in the league. So as much as it is, it is tough, it could be a lot worse. Um, Again, three games and four nights is not easy. But when you're playing. You know, regardless of where Ottawa is in the standing, they are they are a decent team, but New York is still a superior a much superior team. Um yeah. so you're you're expected to win those games, and those are games you have to win. You know, And again, you're gonna lay eggs every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't I am not worried about them, but there are some areas of the game I think that are slipping and they need to tighten things up a little bit. You know, there's just way too many chances off the rush. Um, they're gonna be able to score goals. Their power plays hot. that's not an issue. So if they're able to commit
1: to that 200 foot game. I, you know, I have no, no issues with them or no concerns. Yeah. Yeah. And, and DZ, I actually, sorry to get off topic a little here, boys, but I have a random question for you. Okay. So you've obviously played for, you know, six or seven different teams. Um, Two of those being New York and Philly, right? Both very tough fan bases, which fan base do you think was a little bit tougher to play in front of on the nights that you didn't play so well?
0: Uh, Philly, Philly for sure. Actually, you know, yeah, new york is tough philly philly they're ruthless though they're they they are ruthless there <laughs> yeah um and we didn't have when i played there we didn't have great teams so you i think you just got it more frequently where new york did have good teams uh, but maybe the expectations are high too uh mm-hmm. they were yeah philly fans are ruthless there um new york they're, they're both tough markets uh but at least on the new york side with them you know being able to attract the top free agents every single year. But they're always spending to the tap. New York always good, right? When they want their rebuild a couple of years ago, it ended up being a one year rebuild and they're back in playoffs. Not many teams have that luxury, right? Not every player, not the, the top players aren't always looking to go to Philadelphia. They're looking to go to New York, though. So they have that luxury where it, it's very rare that they're going to go through a stretch of not play, making playoffs. But on the other side, their expectations are so high every year, too.
2: I got a question for all three of you guys, and I'm wondering who's going to take the first response here. But I feel like oftentimes a lot of people, you know, the common fan likes to try to relate, you know, the typical like nine to five job to being a professional athlete in certain situations. And I, I do want to shout out. I think I saw like NYC, Mike, uh, something like blue collar, blue shirts or something. He tweeted like. You know, last night's a game where the Rangers are playing before a three-day break. It's kind of like fucking off on a Thursday when you know you have a holiday weekend at work or whatever. Do mm. you think there's any relation to that? I mean, I know it's obviously such a tough, like, comparison to make uh, with, you know, nine-to-fives in the NHL. But I think whenever you can try to relate the two, it's it's uh, always a fun conversation. Terrible question.
1: No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, mean, for, for, I know no, I've I fucked off for Thursdays when I had 3 days. Yeah, weekends.
0: when I had torts. Uh, he was. He'd always call it like a trap game, and he'd always like hit himself in the gut. He's, like, I got that. I got a feeling in my gut that you guys aren't ready to play. And there are there, there are certain games, whether it's coming off a big road trip and you've played well, and coming back home, like there, there are certain circumstances where it was called these trap games. And and yes, they are. Um, but again, when you're, you know, the top teams don't fall into those trap games. The top teams, when you no matter what may be going on just because a you've been there before with experience or, or B, you're just mentally tough and, and able to overcome mm. these certain circumstances, uh, you know, that stuff doesn't exist.
2: What about just the scheduling in general? Like, are you looking at what you got next week or is it really just that day by day, take it one game at a time approach? Obviously it's, there's some games you circle on the calendar,
0: right? But for sure. I mean, you're going to some of the better cities um, or you're going to see your family where you're from. There's certain, Games that may mean a little bit more, you're more excited for, but you can't overlook games. You know, it's it's a business, I and mean, you got guys. they you know, not everyone has the luxury of, of getting games off. You go through a stretch of not playing well for two or three games because you're looking ahead to you know a week mm-hmm. or two ahead um, to different uh, to certain games or premier games, whether it's you know an NBC game or you know nationally televised game, two three games off, you're out of the lineup. So not
1: everyone has that luxury um, you know, to to kind of turn it on and off when they please. Uh, so DZ, is there, is there one guy throughout your whole career? Like you just couldn't fucking stand playing against, or maybe one team that just every time you played against this person or this team, you just hated life. Well, obviously not hated life, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I mean, Matt cook was one of those guys, you know, when he was in in Pittsburgh, Mm. we played them so many times. And it was just like, you know, he, he flirted with the line of clean and dirtiness and,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I didn't really, really love that. Um, I don't say there's really many other guys that I couldn't
1: stand. Um, what, what about, what about besides Matt Cook? What about one guy you wish you could have fought, but but never got the chance to?
0: <laughs> Oof.
1: I asked the hard hitters.
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I fought in my blue it not. It's 140, whatever it was. I dropped my gloves. At four or five times more early in my career, um, mm-hmm. especially in New York. Just because, you know, playing with different partners and if I got, you know, I was kind of, you know, the offensive guy and if I got hit uh, in, you know, in a dirty way or whatnot, someone would come up and, and stick up for me. So if that happened to my partner as well, I wanted to reciprocate to let him know, hey, you got my back, I got yours. Um, but every time it got broken up with the ref, so I was definitely thankful about that. And there's kind of an unwritten rule, you know, the the, the linesmen definitely know which guys are, are more experienced in that department and let guys kind of figure it out and, and go down or stop. Um, you know when they are done you see some guys that you know, have a mutual agreement which i think is you know such an art and, and so classy about what they're doing because they understand it is a part of the game and they're not just trying to hurt each other um so the linesmen understand that and understand that you know i'm a very inexperienced um mm-hmm. fighter and uh they they understood what i was trying to do and then i was trying to get across to partner teammates and they respected and let it go for a bit and they would you know, break up. So, uh, hopefully no one hurt.
2: Well, DC, I want to ask you about your last couple of weeks because you returned to MSG went to a couple of Ranger games, the game against Boston, the game against Buffalo. You were on the road to Nashville this past weekend, but was that your first time attending like an NHL game, you know, post career as a fan?
0: Yeah. Yeah. First time really, you know, watching a game, uh, you know, start to finish, uh, to be honest, I haven't missed hockey one bit once I retired. So I knew that was uh, I made the right decision. You know, I, I expected kind of around that September training camp or October start of season, Mark, I would start to miss it a little bit. And uh, I haven't missed it at all. So it was uh, you know, definitely great for me to know that I made the right decision and there was no regret and looking back. But as soon as I step foot in MSG, I was like, fuck, I, I miss it. I miss it again. Yeah. And it's, you know, that place is just so special that game you know where my favorite, uh against boston crowd was buzzing that was uh it was to be honest it was uh, the first little bit was tough to be there you know i i got really? goosebumps i missed it i was almost getting like a little emotional to myself uh new york was such a place such a special place for me um you know i was, I was so young At when i started there i was a sponge and kind of soaked it all up and, and going back there just brought back so many memories and I got to see, you know, numerous people are still so within the organization that I haven't seen in so long and catching up with them and reliving the memories and moments uh, from when I was there was uh special, it was very special.
2: Anyone recognize you, asking for pictures in the concourse? Or you yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A good amount of people, which was good. And I, I did get a lot of supportive messages from, from fans. And, you know, unfortunately you do read some of the, the shit online, you have some people that are just haters and love to, what do they call them, keyboard warriors or whatever that, you know, whatever all that nonsense. But uh going back, there's some uh some very positive messages and, and some of the, the younger kids grew up watching me that are playing and that I was motivation and that's the stuff that um you know I miss is being able to inspire younger kids to to chase their dreams, whatever it may be, if it's hockey or something else. Um mm-hmm. and then on the the Monday game with uh with Buffalo in town, you know, Boiler was in town and he was my roommate when I was nineteen. So we haven't really now he's married with five kids uh so we haven't really <laughs> had a ton of time to catch up and spend with each other so being able to get an hour or two you know just catching up and see how each other were asking about our families and whatnot uh, was very enjoyable too
2: you get to rip the town at all while you're here
0: i did and i was in i was in town for thanksgiving uh to see to see my parents uh my brother still lives in the city and my nephews. so unfortunately a lot of uh, a lot of early nights those days are over those days are over <laughs> I've retired. I've retired from that as well. Yeah.
2: So when's your uh, next trip planned to New York? I know you're going to the Ranger game. I think when they're down in Florida, right? My
0: parents are here Christmas, so we'll see. TBD on that one. As of now, I mean, you guys, I guess, will be the first to no, know. I I'm planning on coming back for the end of January for the Islanders Rangers alumni game. Uh, oh wow! So I gotta get the skates. Awesome. Yeah, Make sure you get my, sure my skates sharpened and and work on that a little bit beforehand, so I'm not you know throwing pizzas everywhere. Uh, I'll be around for that. I'll probably be around hopefully a couple of days before. the know Vegas is in town. And one of my best childhood friends, uh, Alex Petrangelo, will be there, so it'll be fun to watch him play and catch up with him. So that's the plan as of now. I, I'd love to be back. You know, probably every every four to six weeks. That's kind of the plan. Um, just trying to figure out the dates and whatnot. Um, get involved on some of the alumni stuff uh, back in the community with garden of dreams and show face again and be able to give back my time. And be because just because I am so appreciative of my time there and everything that the organization did for me.
2: All right, let's get to some fan questions. Uh, we'll start right here and uh, actually, nope, because it's about what we just talked about from James Fitz 19. This one's for DZ from your time on the Rangers. What was the best quote towards said to you or your teammates?
0: Safe is death. Yeah, he hated when guys were standoffish or, or Mm -hmm. um, I want to say intimidated, but but yeah, I guess intimidated would be like he wanted guys to be assertive, wanted guys to be issue, wanted guys in the field context. So it's safe is death, and and that's one that and then place is death. What I've kind of translated that to uh, into life, Uh, but he said too many fucking quotes, but that one for me. stuck with me. It was that. And then he always talked about me like getting my swagger back. Like if I was playing well, I had my swagger. If I wasn't playing well, he always like have that swagger. Like, a little bit of you know, he almost flirted between that line of confident and cocky. And that's what mm-hmm. he knew that that's that's what made me the, the player I was, especially earlier on when I was an offensive guy and making plays, like I had that a little bit of arrogance to me. So he always told me to, to get my swagger back. But as far as the team, it was you know safe as death. Yeah.
2: What'd you make of his no hit league? comment last week Well that and, and then the other one
0: yeah that was great i, I mean absolutely right yeah i I've watched it numerous times with uh with luke hughes and it's, it's just unfortunate the game now it's we're preach speed speed skill. as you're skating through the neutral zone skating back for with their hell not sure checking it the onus should be on the player to put themselves in positions to to take a hit because it is a contact sport so now guys are getting suspended losing money um you know, crucial penalties uh, at the wrong time that you're now losing games over over clean hits. In my opinion, yeah, there are some that are dirty, but with how fast the game is, if guys move a split an inch or a split second, a shoulder to shoulder hit now becomes a shoulder to head, and you never want to see injuries. I get that we we want to eliminate that, but there has to be some type of middle ground because the physical play is a big part of the game. So there, you know, unfortunately, there's no accountability on the on the player who's taking the hit now anymore it's always the person giving the hit i don't i don't agree with that so i'm on the same page mm-hmm. uh with torts and then he had the other epic one about his team saying oh we make mistakes we don't make enough plays then but fuck our team has balls and he's, he's true if you <laughs> watch him play <laughs> the team, he's not for that he's got that group playing well um believing in each other and playing with balls like they're not an intimidated team like they go out and if they're if they're gonna lose, they're going down swinging. They're not going down looking, and that's one thing I've, I've loved about it. I love watching their team play is like they fucking work. Like they want to win, and I respect mm-hmm. that so much.
2: All right, our next one is from Brandman seven six nine four, and Cody. We'll start with you. Who is your first autograph you got? Mine was Adam Graves.
1: I've actually got Gravesy's autograph a couple times. Um, you know, what was my first autograph I ever got. It was Jay Leach. Really? Yeah. No way. Where? Yeah at um at the garden during the playoffs when they used mm-hmm. to do the Rangers Town things. Oh my gosh, it must have been like I don't know, like 12 years ago now. He popped by and saw his bald head and was like, "Hey, can I get an autograph?" <laughs> and uh, he, he signed it. Um and then actually funny enough, right after that, I got my toes mm-hmm. and then right after that, I accidentally met Graves like on the street. And just started talking to him, and then literally realized it was Adam Graves. But I didn't yeah. ask for his autograph; just yeah. just shot the shit with him.
2: How about you, who Who's he's, your first autograph? Well,
0: just to g- very quickly, one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. He is one of. Yeah, you know, probably Who? top two nice hum- Adam Graves. Top oh, two, he's nice Human being, unbelievable. I've ever yeah. met in my life, just like a, a genuine, genuine human being. Great guy. Um, autographs. I, I have a lot of them. I don't remember my first one. I know my first autograph stick was mm-hmm. Matt Sundin. Just growing up a Leafs fan. Sick. Yeah. Um, I have a pretty epic collection of signed sticks. Actually, you know, from I mean, I don't know how many Hall of Famers I have. It's got to be probably twenty guys just throughout my career. Mm-hmm. You know, we go from Crosby, Ovechkin, Stamkos. McKinnon or you go down to Kuchov, point. you go to Vasilevsky, Hank, go on and on. So I have that. It's actually in my parents' basement. and I don't really know what I'm going to do with it. I don't know eventually if I'll bring it to my place and kind of have it as a collection or maybe pass it down if I have kids one day, but uh, it's yeah, a pretty epic one.
2: I think that's so cool when professional athletes like ask other athletes for autographs. Like I think that's just, one of the funnier things well, that I, I feel like people don't really know about as much, right?
0: Yeah. Well, listen, there's, as I'm, I'm buddies with, I've played with, played against or played with growing up. And there's some guys that you just admire their game. They're such special players and, um, you know, they're fun to watch. Even when you're on the ice, Like, clock like what a mm-hmm. play, you know, uh, like you know think of Connor McDavid every night. Like it's hard not to be a fan to watch that guy play. So to be able to, you know, get a signed stick and then you know tell your kids about it or grandkids about it one day. Because that at that point, who knows what social media or you know game tape will be like. Watching these guys, you know, I grew up you know watching rock em, Don Cherry's Rockham Sock'em and you more sort of see like some nice goals. But you see a ton of big hits and fights, and you get to know some of the players that way. So now, being able to ha- actually have sticks and show it to again my kids or grandkids, <clears> and this is what you know so and so this is what so and so use. and who knows where technology is going to be in. Ten years, twenty years, thirty years of what the sticks are going to look like Mm -hmm. or be able to do.
2: Mm -hmm. One of the first autographs I got, I didn't personally get it, but I had it framed in my bedroom growing up. My mom followed Rick DiPietro into a Rothman Steakhouse bathroom and had him sign a napkin for me. And I wasn't (laughs) even a DiPietro fan, and I had that framed in my bedroom. (laughs) But that's uh, commitment. That's That's yeah. That's how dedicated my mom was for sure. Uh, Let's go into the next one, and I've actually uh, I might be able to answer this too. Um, Cody, you probably can also, I would imagine. Mark Sheraldi, from what part of Italy are you from, and what's your favorite Italian dish? Forza Italia! I don't know how to
0: fucking say that, but did I say that right? Forza, Forza! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's fine. Um, my dad's side is up north in Friuli, my mom is in the south in Calabria. That's what where the dark features I have come from, um, which is nice. Calabria. Uh, favorite Italian, favorite Italian dish. Um. You know, I was very fortunate growing up, uh, my parents, myself, my brother, and then we actually had my my dad's parents live with us as well. So my one set of grandparents, and then directly next door was my aunt and uncle with my other set of grandparents. So there's no shortage of, you know, besides fully Italian, amazing cooks. Um, that's why I was uh, a little bit of a chubby kid, for sure. A lot, of, a lot more carbs <laughs> than I'm so having me. now. Uh, but I don't want to say there's like one dish that they were amazing at. We were you know we had a, a huge garden in our backyard. Both my nonos, both my grandpas uh, made wine, uh, salami sopressata, uh, so prosciutto. you go down the list and we kind of add everything vinegar um for my mom's favorite dish or my favorite dish from my mom is uh she makes like a very like thick crust pizza. Um, mm-hmm. mm. it's 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 crispy and it's uh she does. Prosciutto and goat cheese on the top, which I love, and I don't eat it often. So anytime we do get together, that's usually like the first, the first thing I
1: request.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm a big chicken vodka parm.
1: I knew you'd say uh, that. You're so yeah. fucking lame. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, god! Yeah, exactly. Exactly. so typical.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't have the. I don't have the grandparents or the parents. I, I just like to go to a yeah. restaurant and chicken vodka yeah.
0: parm. <laughs> There's so many Italian restaurants though. Yeah, I went I, actually I last Emilio's on uh on Houston, which is fantastic. Mm. Uh and they just do the massive uh veal chop, which is one of my favorites as well. That was delicious there. Veal I've never me. been,
2: but maybe you guys can confirm. I've heard the best chicken parm or whatever in the city is quality Italian. They have like the chicken parm like
0: pizza yeah, pie they, thing. They call it the pizza. Yeah, it's literally the size of a pizza. It's 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 enormous. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you have to run to the bathroom after, though. Like It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a big server and a lot of cheese. Like it, it's very tasty, but uh it goes through. Yeah, it, it's a good one.
2: All right, Cody, I'm going to ask you this, and then I'll flip it to DZ. What's the craziest picture that you have with an athlete? This is from Z.
1: The craziest picture He said craziest picture or it.
2: autograph, but we already did autographs, so I'm just going to stick a picture.
1: You know – my dad has this and I don't know if I can, I don't know if he can find this, but, um, back in 2009 when the Yankees won the world series
2: Who the fuck the says 2009 2009,
1: 2009 bro. Um, back in 2009, the Yankees won the world series and, uh, fuck you, Johnny. And, um, I remember I went to the Canyon of Heroes. Do you know what the Canyon of Heroes, Johnny? Is you, yeah. m- you might have yeah. never seen it in your well, life. Well, I've never Central been because I've never seen a team but, win the
2: championship. Mm, but I've no idea. Yeah,
1: you're a curse. Um, but anyways, yeah. so the Yankees won the World Series, and I remember they were on the float, and I don't know if you've ever watched these on TV when like any team wins, but they like chug chuck beers at the fans to like yeah. you know whatever. So I you know I went with my dad, and he was taking photos, and somebody. I think it was El Duque, which is Orlando Hernandez. You probably don't know who that is since, nope. you know, you don't know sports, but um, just kidding. Um, he chucked a beer and I remember I was like, I think I was, I was in high school. I must've been a fresh uh, freshman or sophomore and I was reaching for the beer and like it was to some grown man like behind me and my dad like got the picture of like him like handing the beer and me trying to reach for it when mm-hmm. I was like, 14 or something. So I guess that would be it. Yeah. No,
2: that's cool. DZ. I'm sure you have one with the cup, obviously.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to think of like the, the best ones though. There's one, there's, there's two that come to mind. One is when we won the cup, when we were in Vegas. There I think it was like three or four of us were at uh, what Republic pool party.
1: That's
0: mm. four. It's four of us with all of the, all of the waitresses that they're in the picture with the cup between us. And if you've been to, visit, you know, that girls are, see, you know very good looking um so that's where i, was actually before I pull it up quickly on my phone and then the other one was one time in the hamptons earlier in my career i was with um, a couple other guys and we're in his and one of the guys backyards and there was like four of us tanning naked after the season just by, <laughs> just by the pool and i like, i can't i might have to delete that one you know with all the yeah. cyber security these days i can't have someone get access to that one yeah those are yeah, the, just so off, to got hacked. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I was like three other teammates and I, uh, just yeah, tanning naked in the backyard, having a couple of drinks after a long season. That's unreal. I love that. Yeah, you
2: can't you can't let that one get leaked. That would probably uh, no, no, no. no they
0: yeah, they wouldn't be they, they wouldn't be happy with me.
2: I'm gonna say mine is is this one from the the previous Cup final. I went out with the empty air guys, Granelli, and we were with Iko at a bar till like 6 a.m. and I did the, uh, did the selfie after. With the timestamp 5:40 a.m., Michael looks yeah. banged up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a great awesome. one. Uh, that's that's probably my favorite one,
2: one for sure. Since I'll never win a Stanley Cup, it was cool to party with it for a bit. Yeah, but that's, true. that's a Sick picture. Um, that's gonna do it for fan questions this week. I think that's all we got for this week. So uh rangers play saturday sunday they debut those third jerseys on sunday which actually you can ask
0: you DZ, what do you think of that third jersey not my favorite yeah it's just the, the logo just seems too big it's just like it's very and and the stripes i love the colors the ones we had when i, when I played for the winter classic those were fucking pure. like those the cream were really one i nice. said yeah yeah we had the cream one and we also at that time just the one that said new york across mm-hmm. uh the old navy ones those were beautiful um these mm. are like they're, they're fine just like the logo is too big uh it's a little overpowering in my opinion yeah you guys no, I
2: agree i wasn't a huge fan of them either yeah. we talked about it on the last episode like you know it's funny uh pete blackburn said it i'm not sure if you're familiar with him but he said the rangers crest is like so beautiful but it just doesn't look right on a jersey
1: do you guys think they're going to uh drop new jerseys for the stadium series or you think they're just going to go with those alternates i think they will I, yeah I, I'd, I'd imagine so I always wonder like who, who
0: creates that? Do they go to the team, say the trainers? I know the players have zero involvement in that. Uh, yeah. I always wonder if like, it would not be beneficial to have the guys be a part of it or, or someone within the organization that has a little bit of say of what the guys may like. Cause at the end mm-hmm. of the day, they are the ones to wear. And I understand there's a marking side and all that, but you'd want guys to, to
1: want to wear these jerseys too. Yeah. And, and my last question is also on, t- on that topic. DZ, how was it playing in an outdoor game? Like, what what would you say the environment's like? It was awesome. It was awesome. It's 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 not just the game; it's the
0: whole whole evening. My family was in town. We had the family the day before, so you're we doing dinner. And, and as you know, we mentioned last time, the Rangers just do everything first class. Like, you know, every detail that you can think of, they've already thought of time, time and time again, and perfected it. So making the family families feel welcome included comfortable uh it was, it was fucking awesome it was fucking awesome yeah one of my favorite memories of my career. career i got my tickets already for uh february i'm stoked you're
2: gonna be there buddy my
0: my buddy's getting married that weekend what a prick so i'm mm. for Dude, I, saved, I saved you a <laughs> ticket that's a little i, you know, a little I just, just i just found out yesterday i'm seeing the wedding too so that's a tough one to get out of that's cool. So he'll be, he'll be he'll be eating it extra hard for making me miss the game. I'll be throwing throw a few more daggers than usual.
1: Dizzy's <laughs> Dizzy's gonna be that guy during the ceremony. He's gonna like have it up on his phone. His phone's gonna drop. He's gonna get yelled at. No, not at all. I, I don't go. I don't go too many. I know at uh,
0: at Sagan's this summer. I speed speeded on my shirt off, dancing on the table. So I like that fun at I like to let loose a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: definitely a. Uh... I'd love to go to a NHL wedding at some point in my life. Hopefully I get invited to one. I don't know who it would be, but uh, that's definitely a bucket list thing for me because those look fucking amazing.
0: If I ever do, you're invited. Just about to that out. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. I was trying to hint at it could that. It'd <laughs> be a long, it'd be a long wait. Who knows?
1: <laughs>
2: All right. Well, thanks, Easy. We appreciate you hopping on again and thank you everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Cody, do your thing. I
1: love GR, baby.